from the Duck South Studios in Morgan City, Mississippi. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I want to punch you in the face so bad right now. This is the On The X podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Get the governor harumph. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Today's episode is brought to you by Advantage Multi from Bayer. Advantage Multi is veterinarian's number one choice in the prevention of heartworms, fleas, roundworms, hookworms, and whipworms. Treats and controls sarcoptic mange. Make sure your dog is protected by using Advantage Multi. I said what I said and I'll stand by it to the death. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And now, here are your hosts, Jay Paul Jackson. You just love to hear yourself talk, don't you? Even when you're not saying anything. Rocky LaFleur. Yo, Adrian! Adrian! Houston Kennedy. Please, Houston, we have a problem. And Josh Webb. Coons. We're raccoons trying to get on our back porch. Mama just chased them off with a broom. Welcome to the On The X Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I'm Jay Paul Jackson, and today I'll be joined by my co-host, Josh Webb, Rocky LaFleur, and our very special guest, the lead guide from Mossy Island Outfitters, crappie fisherman extraordinaire, deer-killing fool, and one of the best duck hunters that I know, Mr. Justin Maloof. Glad to have you on, Justin. Rocky, how did you get this guy to join us today, anyway? Uh, listen, I- I'm glad that you got all of those positive uh, attributes about Justin out of the way, because you know I I used to think the same way. There were so many great things about Justin, but I found his weakness, Jay Paul. What's that? He is the worst traveler, worst rider on a long trip you will ever find. <laughs> oh, really? Oh God! So uh, hey, before That's I tell the story, ADHD thing. So, Jay Paul, I went, traveled out west with, with Justin a couple of years ago. We we made a huge round trip from Nebraska across Wyoming and into Montana. And Hold on, Rock. Lay, lay some groundwork and explain the uh, why in the world y'all were on, on a road trip through that part of America. Yeah, we were out there turkey hunting. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Yeah, and fly fishing. We went fishing on the, and I'll get to that in just a second, but (laughs) the best part of this was we had about a three-hour drive from the Denver airport to where we were hunting in Nebraska, where we were turkey hunting, and oh my God, I thought Justin was going to climb through the roof of the car. I mean, the guy hates riding. (laughs) So we get to Nebraska, we, Justin which he is he's a freaking turkey whisperer. I mean, he kills his three, you know, just like it's nothing. I have to freaking kill a uh, a pet turkey in the back of somebody's yard. Pretty God. much. Con. <laughs> Con was the guy's name. Oh, so. He had them. Yeah, he did. He did. I've never heard that many turkeys gobble at once. I mean, it was. It had to be at least a hundred different gobblers. Or roost on the light pole in the front yard. <laughs> well, okay, but I mean that that brings me to a question. Don't you have to enter any turkey hunt with a guide named Con with a certain level of trepidation? There. I mean, <laughs> well, well, Jay Paul. You yeah. Know, uh, you know, here's here's the thing: is is our guide had told us. Con has a place on the river. He didn't tell us that Con only had 20 acres on the river, and 10 of it was a junkyard. <laughs> uh, y'all got Con into that one. We got uh, Con. That, that was rocky. That was all rocky. I had the turkeys. I was, I was on them. But Rocky wanted to shoot them out of the bed of the truck, basically. Well, I want to hear the rest of the story. <laughs> so this is a semi-guided turkey hunt. And when I mean semi-guided, uh, you know, semi-guided in my thoughts are the, the guide drops you off, points in the direction where you need to go, not our guide. Our guide, he, I would say he was somewhere between fully guided and semi-guided because he would drop us off 
and he would wait within 50 yards of us in his truck. It, it, it almost felt like Rocky in Russia and Rocky Four. Do you remember how the car followed him as he was training? <laughs> That's kind of how yeah. the turkey trip went. And literally, Justin, was it not turkey roosted in the driveway of Con's house, right above they his were, truck? I thought the turkey was in the truck with our guys. <laughs> we, we set up 75 yards from this man's front door, and the first turkey gobbled, and I thought he was in the bed of the truck, honestly. And he walked by the guys in the truck. He walked by, I'm going to say, somewhere between five and six feet from the driver door of the truck that we just got out of. Oh, so God. were these domesticated birds, <laughs> or was this a real wild turkey hunt? <laughs> it was wild. They were wild. Uh, I thought y'all were in the wild, but it don't sound like it was much wild to it. Yeah, it sounds like some wild turkey was involved, but I'm not sure it was the, the bird kind. <laughs> anyway, finish your story, Rocky. So, anyway, we, we go through Nebraska, and, you know, it, it's like trying to finish a marathon for me to kill one turkey. You know, every time we pull up to where Justin's been hunting, he's he got another one hanging. I mean, it was, you know, hunting with the turkey whisperer. So, anyway, we leave there, and we're going to go up to Montana to to get a Miriam. I, I said, if we're going this far, we're going to get a Rio and a Miriam on the same trip, which Justin already killed a Rio, so he didn't need one. So, we had a day in between travel that we had free time. So... We decided, or I decided, we need to go see Yellowstone. And we drive through Wyoming, drive all the way across from one side of Wyoming all the way to the other. And it was already bad enough driving all the way across Wyoming with Justin. Oh, God. (laughs) We get to Yellowstone, and I feel like Chevy Chase in vacation. We get to Yellowstone, and the gates are closed. This is April the 30th. Who knew that they closed Yellowstone? The it's North a National Gate. Park. Yep. <laughs> they, yep. They close it every year. I can tell you that because I've been there on that date. You know, a prudent it. person in this age of all of us have smartphones would have probably Googled it first to make sure that they weren't on a wild goose chase during the wild turkey hunt. You yeah, Jay Paul, I mean? you're you're asking the same two people to Google something who went and hunted with a brother named Con. So <laughs> <laughs> you asking a lot. Great hey, point, I, I was just invited. I was a guest. I was invited on this deal. It turned. It went from a four day deal to a two week deal. <laughs> but go ahead, right? <laughs> so we get to Yellowstone, and Yellowstone is closed. And let me just tell you something. Wyoming is nothing but a bunch of one-way highways. You, there's no easy way to get to anything. You, you've got to drive three or four out of three or four hours out of the way to do anything. So we get to Yellowstone is closed. We have two choices about getting back to what what town we're we going to in Montana, Justin. Uh, Billings. 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 Billings from Yellowstone. So just imagine this: if you could go through Yellowstone. You're about an hour and a half away from Billings, straight to the north. Any other way that you to get to Billings, you've got to drive six hours this way to the east or five hours this way to the west through Idaho and then back around. Oh, my God. It was beautiful. Oh. Beautiful place. <laughs> <laughs> I know this man said, it's about a 300-mile detour, and I lost it. That was <laughs> yeah, yeah, those two things just are not synonymous. 300 miles in Detroit aren't. But, you know, you may be a really crappy traveler, but let me tell you something. I've I've hunted with Justin a lot, and uh, he's one hell of a duck guy, that's for sure. So, and, and brings a whole lot of knowledge to hunting in the Delta and, and hunting in Mississippi. So, uh, we're really glad to have you on here. And I, I can't wait to start talking about the pertinent issues at hand duck season is less than a month away are you fired up brother i am been working my dog a little and uh when i get the chance between 
between landscape jobs. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. You know, it doesn't, it, I really don't kick off till around Christmas. It seems like it's, it's getting later and later every year. And, you know, I, I've been with Rocky, guiding for Rocky for when? Rocky 01, 2000, 2001, so 15 or 16 seasons now. And, um, you know, it, it, it seems like it's, it is getting late. Our season, our, our birds are arriving later and later. So I just never uh, never prepare as early as I used to. I, I'm super fired up. But, I'll, you know, the way the way the duck hunting's gone in the last 10 or 12 years, in the area that we hunt, you know, you're close to Jackson. And so you have a lot of people that have come in and, all the little potholes I grew up hunting, you know, people were paying ten and twelve thousand dollars to hunt them. It's getting harder and harder um, every year. It seems like I still have the have the drive, you know, to to guide that I've that I've always had. I enjoy meeting new people and and uh, I do get to make make several hunts with my friends every year, which I greatly appreciate. You know, it's 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 fun guiding, but a lot of times. You know, we don't have enough time on this thing to talk about some of the groups I've carried in the past that it'll make you want to quit. Um, but the uh, I, I'm I am excited. I've finally got a got a dog again that makes my job a lot easier. And so I didn't know if I'd ever have another one the way I had my last one, but he's uh, he's ready and he loves it. So um, I, I am ready. Yeah, I can't believe you got a dog and didn't call me. Well, you know, I'm I'm don't know that I knew you at that time, Jay Paul. Maybe I did. Maybe I did. I think I was trying to stand you up. You you stood me up once or twice. It's okay. We'll get along. <laughs> Just because I didn't make it to fish camp here in the heart of Philly Trials. You oh didn't make God. it to fish camp. I'm pretty sure hey, you missed out on, right on a blue now. wing on a blue wing hunt or two. I'm not, I think my mind's getting kind of blurry. I don't know. Uh, we'll just leave well, it that. Uh, uh, apart from from dealing with with Jay Paul, just go ahead and elaborate on one of your uh, most memorable groups guiding at Mossy Island while while we're here and talking about duck hunting. Oh man, there's so many. Um, I don't want to leave anybody out. I can go the good route or the bad route. Um, the bad route, and Rocky remembers this. Um, very well. We had a, a group in, uh, CEO of Chase Bank, um, came in. Rocky, how long ago was that? That's been five or six or seven years ago. That was and, always uh, back in 03. That was in 03. Was that, that been that long? See, I'm so excited I can't, I can't even remember. But uh, <laughs> these, these guys came in. They flew in on a, on a $20 million Gulf Stream, and I picked them up at the Greenwood Airport. And, this is the CEO of Chase of Man Chase Manhattan Bank. This guy is in a movie for almost breaking the financial system and Justin gathered him. And uh you know, I was wow. I was really excited. I, I get to I get to carry somebody of that nature and you know, once I picked him up I had a kind of an idea of what my 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 task was and so that night we get through eating dinner and I always like to sit around and, and Rocky's finally given me the freedom over the last 10 years to kind of pick my group, which used to be say, here, you're taking these people. And, you know, I, I like to sit around after dinner and, and build a fire in the fire pit and get to know everybody. And, and nothing against uh, anybody that I've never guided or the people that I do guide, I, you know, I like to hunt. And if that means getting wet and getting muddy and doing what it takes to kill birds, I'll go do it. And then you get the CEO in here. And uh, I gave him the option, that that exact option. I said, "Look, guys, I got a, I got a bean field. I said it's going to be tough to hunt. We're probably, you know, we we can definitely go kill the birds. We're going to get wet. And we're going to get muddy, and it's cold, you know." I said, "Or I got another place. I said we can go look at fifty thousand ducks, and we may or may not fire our gun. It just, you know, if the neighbors aren't hunting, it's going to be a wash, and you know, you can't compete with with that amount of birds, and so." You know, I said, the the second option is I can pull us up, drop your stuff off, you know, and you're going to walk 10 feet, and, and you're going to be where you're being. I'll put the decoys out, go park the truck, and come back, and that's, that's what they chose. Well, they, uh, I think we killed one bird that morning, and 
I brought them back to the lodge, dropped them off. They ate breakfast. I took back off to go find some birds. And, and normally we don't do afternoon hunts. But, you know, these guys are paying money, and, and, and Rocky also has given me that freedom. I'm, you know, I hunt a lot of my own holes, and so, you know, I got some afternoon spots. So I rode, and I found some birds, and I said, all right, guys, I picked them back up at one, you know, and, and here we go. Well, I stopped by, and there wasn't many people hunting fish ponds at the time. We stopped in some fish ponds, and wasn't any need of getting, I was going to let them get some shooting in, you know, kill, kill a couple birds before we went to the afternoon hole. And, uh, make a long story short, we got to the duck hole that afternoon, and I had a friend that was going to meet us there with an Argo to ride in. And he was going to be there at 3.30. And so we're sitting there at 3 o'clock waiting on him, and they said, look, we can walk. I said, guys, y'all, you know, we really don't need to walk. It's about 800 yards out across there to, you know, in in mud, chin deep, and, and water knee deep. And they said, look, we're in great shape. We can do it. And they kept worrying me. I was like, all right. I said, walk down this road about 200 yards and take a left on the four-wheeler trail. I said, you see that big cypress tree way out across there? Yes, yeah, that's where we're going. And so they get all their stuff, and they start walking. I'm sitting in the truck going, there's no way I'm going to make this walk. And they get about 100 yards from the truck, and I said, I can't let them walk by themselves, you know. I'm the guy. <laughs> so I throw <laughs> six dozen decoys on my back, and and I take off. I just left every left my gun, left them, which I usually don't do, just a few cripples. And uh, and so I start walking, and they've made it to where you turn in to go to the hole. And I pass the first guy, and I grab his gun and his shell back. He's not doing nothing. Good. And then I pass the second guy, who's 50 yards in front of the last guy, and I grab his gun and his shell back. And I get to the third <laughs> guy, who's about 100 yards in front of the second guy, and I was like, look, man, you're doing great. And I'll see you all in a minute, and I just kept going. And so I get to the pit blind, and I put all the decoys out. I'm, I'm, I'm wore out. I hadn't had breakfast, lunch. Nothing. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, and I was in a little better shape then as well. But um, so I'm laying there, and all three of them get in there, and uh, and we've been there, you know, 15 or 20 minutes, and I hear the Argo come. I was like, man, if we would have just waited, you know, they're mad they had to walk in, which I told them they didn't, you know, they really didn't need to. And it was no rush. Birds weren't going to be there. I've hunted this hole my whole life growing up. You know, birds are going to be there. 20 to 30 minutes before shooting time and, and it's going to be, you're going to shoot non-stop. And so I hear the Argo coming and I hear it stop. And then my buddy comes walking in and I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? He said, the Argo's stuck. <laughs> like, oh no. So we walk out, we push the Argo, get it out, go park it in the bushes. I put him in a separate pit line. And uh, you know, I'm laying there, I'm trying to fall asleep, pull a Rocky. You know, Rocky loves falling asleep while he's guiding. But uh, I'm laying there, and they're, you know, where are the ducks? There's no ducks, no ducks. I was like, they'll be here, you know, what time is it? It's 4.20. I said, okay, they'll be here in 15 minutes. And five minutes goes by. Where are the ducks? It's like, they're they're coming. And about, you know, 4.35, 4.40, I'm laying, I'm outside the pit line just laying down on my blind bag, and I just hear wings. I look up, it's 15 or 20 miles locked up. They make one swing out wide. I never touch my duck call. They stick feet out. And, and locked down, and I, I said, kill him. And one guy jumped up and shot twice and didn't kill a duck. And I was like, guys, <laughs> we're going to have to do better than that. Well, they get out. I said, one of them get outside the pit line. They ended up, we, we killed 12 or 11 greenheads to finish out their limit for the day and uh, go to get to Argo with well, Argo won't crank. And so they look at me, and they said, we're not walking out. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I told my buddy, he had a Bronco. I was like, look, man, you're going to have to go get in your truck and drive down here. He's like, I'll never make it. I was like, look, you don't have, you're going to have to. And believe it or not, that Argo got stuck, and he drove his truck. There's a levee around 20 acres of corn with three pits in it. He made it all the way to that levee, loaded their stuff up, got them out, and I walk out. Well, I get to the truck. And uh, and they're upset because dinner's going to be cold. They just had one of the prettiest, best duck hunts they'd ever been on in their life. But dinner's going to be cold at, you know, 7.30 when we get back. And so we pulled back into the lodge, and everybody else had dinner at 7 p.m., so they're kind of upset. I told Rocky, I said, Rocky, they're yours. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not dealing with them anymore. And... uh I think Rocky carried them the next morning. They wanted to go back with me their last day. 
carried them. We we had a decent shoot that morning. And uh, you know, I've worked my tail off for this, and, and I work I work for all the guys that I've that I've ever got. And I you know, I, I try to make it as personal. It's not it's not all about killing ducks and mice. The way I look at it is is it's these it's these people's vacation. You know, they got three days to come down here and enjoy it, and and you're not gonna kill ducks every day. And so, make it as enjoyable as possible for them. I I, I try to think about it as if I'm paying somebody. You know, do you want a guy that's going to show up at 5 o'clock in the morning, throw you in the truck, run out there, and, you you know, whether you kill him or not, you're back at the lodge at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and, and they're gone. When I get to the lodge, or when you get to the lodge, I'm usually there. And I'm there until you leave. And so we're going to hunt together. We're going to eat breakfast together. We're going to, you know, do something during the middle of the day. We're going to eat dinner. We're going to sit around the fire and tell lies all night until you get ready to go to bed, and then I'll, I'm the last one that goes to bed. And I just, you know, that's the experience that that I would want if I was a paying customer somewhere. And so that's what I try to give, you know, everybody that comes to uh, Rocky's Lodge, whether whether I'm guiding them in the morning or not. You know, if you want to stay up and talk, I'm I'm with you because I sleep on the couch in the middle of the den in the middle of the lodge, and so I can't go to bed until everybody else goes to bed anyway. Um, so, so did y'all kill? I can't even remember. Did y'all kill ducks the last day? Yeah, we killed. Uh, I think we killed sixteen. I took them to the to the quiver and we ran up river, and uh, I think we had a decent hunt. And and so the last day, thank you for bringing me back to that. So, so <laughs> I load all their stuff back up in my truck. They're twenty million dollar jets flying back into town to pick them up. I carry them out. I put all their stuff on their plane, jet, whatever, and. Uh, and the CEO walks up to me and he goes, "Man, we really appreciate all your hard work. Um, you know, know it was tough hunting, but." And he goes to shake my hand. He's got my tip in his hand, and when it, when I, I felt it, I was like, "Man, that, that's that's light, real light." And so I looked at my hand. <laughs> and I, it was a twenty dollar bill. And I just what? started laughing. Yeah, so I, I started laughing. <laughs> And he looked at me like I was crazy. I said, look, man, I said, I can't take this. And he said, well, y'all can't accept this. I said, I'll tell you what you do. I said, you see that fuel truck right over there? He said, yeah. I said, you take this $20, you pull over, and you top this jet off, and don't you ever come back to Greenwood, Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't even made I mean, I was really, really upset. I mean, I I was, and and I'm wrong for that. And then Rocky calls me. I hadn't even made it out of the airport. I guess they called Rocky, and they were, they were really upset. And so Rocky calls me. He's like, don't you ever talk to my clients that way. I was like, oh, no, you, listen, you left, out, you left out a colorful word. You said, don't you ever effing come back to Greenwood. Well, I didn't want to make anybody mad, so. Uh, Rocky told me I couldn't be talking to his clients that way, and I told him I didn't work for twenty dollars. And uh, and then Rocky said the same thing I said. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you, you run across all types. Another one we had, Rocky. I don't know if you remember these two guys. It was two. I was in college, or just out of college, and there was two kids that went to maybe uh, University of Florida. They were 18 years old, 19 years old, and they'd always wanted to kill mallards in the flooded temper and saved up $400 to come hunt with you one day. And I just remember sitting in the lodge. It was the only time they ever came, but I remember sitting in the lodge at night <laughs> talking to them, and uh, they were like, man, they were just telling me, you know, we've seen it on TV. You know, we kill wood ducks at home, but we've never hunted mallards in the flooded timber. And I had, we had somebody else in the lodge that I'd normally hunt. And I told those those guys, they were my age. We sat up drinking beer all night. And I was like, look, I'm, I said, I'm going to put you all on something in the morning that you'll never forget. And uh, and so we get up next morning, go get in the river. And I'll never forget, it was, it was breaking daylight, about shooting time. And ducks are, you know, it's just, it was, uh, it was some, a lot of ducks. And they're, they're landing in the decoy for shooting time. Shooting time arrives, and about 50 to 75 mallards lock up, fall off through the hardwoods. And just, I mean, they're, they're 25 on the water, and that many or more hovering above the decoys looking for somewhere to sit down. And I said, kill them. 
and they just looked at them, and then they looked at each other, and then they looked back at the ducks, and they looked back at each other, and all the ducks left. And I said, guys, what are y'all doing? And they just looked at each other. They said, that is the coolest thing we have ever seen in our life. <laughs> I said, look, guys, we didn't come to bird watch. We came to kill. And they said, we're ready. And we sat there, and we, we killed our 12 greenheads and, and whatever off ducks. I don't remember what we had, probably some gadwalls. Um and those guys got through. We got back to the lot. They were loading up. It was a one-day deal, and they both go to give me a hundred-dollar bill as a tip. My, you know, I said, guys, I can, you know, I'm not going to take that. You know, I mean, I'm y'all's age. I get to do this every day. I appreciate it. I said, but you know, and when you carry some clients like that, it's you know that because I've been looking at that my whole life. You know, I, I know, I know, I felt that same feeling 25 years ago, and, and so. You know, and, and don't know, hadn't talked to them, or, or don't know where they are today. But it was, in my experience, that's it makes me appreciate carrying people. You know, you just you get some people in here that that sit back and and watch Jay Paul on TV and go, oh, let's go duck hunt. <laughs> you know, and and they think that's what it's supposed to be like, and mm. and a lot of times it is, but most of the time it's not. To be, to be truthful, um, Jay Paul got to hunt with me. We've we've actually hunted two or three years. And uh, hey, did you ever have to shoot for Jay Paul? Oh, he probably doesn't want me to go into that. Did, um, look, did he claim? Did he, did he claim any of? Uh, did he claim any birds that you shot and smiled really look, big? TV he, he would be he would be way over the limit if he killed every duck that he claimed. <laughs> You know, let me, let me I've seen you miss. I've seen times you couldn't hit a bull in the ass with a bass fiddle, and you've seen me miss too, but I don't think I've ever claimed a duck that you shot. And in the immortal words of Taylor Swift, why do you want to be so mean? <laughs> I'll tell you what me and Jay Paul did. His, his, uh, his, his camera crew... Back in the day, decided that uh, it was the last day of Mississippi season, and I and I can honestly say it's the only time in my life. This is actually the first time we hunted with Jay Paul that I watched water freeze. We stayed up all night. Oh man! And uh, Jay Paul, Rocky, you came, brought Jay Paul over to Isola, and uh, everything was locking up. It was. 12 or 14 degrees supposed to be the next morning. Holy crap. We had a, that's not the wind, man. It may, it may have been 12 degrees, but the wind was blowing yeah, like dirt. I'm talking about the You could watch the waves freeze. I mean, it was so, so damn cold. So we were sitting there, and we found one open hole right on the river, just, you know, right off the river. That's normally a jam-up hole, and Jay Paul's like, that's the one, we, that's where we need to be. I was like, okay. He's like, how are y'all going to keep it open? He's like, don't you worry about it. Y'all go get some sleep. We're going to keep this duck hole open because we know it's fixing to happen. And and so we, we go get us a little uh, four or five horse motor and a saw horse and tank of gas, and we go out there and set it right in front of the blind and crank the engine up and uh, go out there about every two hours and fill it back up with gas. We pull in the next morning. It's, it's open right in front of the blind. I mean, you couldn't do it any better. And we go out there with those decoys out and, take the motor off the sawhorse, cut it off, take it off the sawhorse, and I turn around and my decoys were froze. I was like, this is not good. <laughs> and so we ran three or four jerk strings just trying to keep, you could not, I mean, the waves, Jay Paul said it perfect, the waves were freezing as soon as that engine cut off. And so anyway, it, it, everything locked up immediately. We made a phone call and, and uh, there were some ducks in, in the break that, there was enough in there that kept the water open all night. Well, we had no clue. And so Jay Paul's guys, the side camera guys, decided, you know, they'd had a long enough run and it was time for them to get home. And uh, so they leave. And, and I, a, Hey, I, hey, let me let me preface this. That's the maddest I've ever seen Jay Paul in my life. He was really upset because he looked at me and, and it was kind of, I'm not going to repeat exactly what he said. But it was something along the lines of, let's go kill some ducks. He said, this is the first time in five years I've been duck hunting without a camera in front of my face. I said, let's go. 
<laughs> and I, I think I, I, we I, had. I was livid. Because you were very, we I was upset up there. because we were looking at ducks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had total – got to say this, Justin, for you, although you've been so dang mean to me so far today, I probably shouldn't. But, I mean, I knew when you said, and we walked in there, when that hole was full of ducks, and I walked back out to the camera guys, and it was tough. In their defense, it was tough, tough, honey. I mean, it was cold, and we were going to have to do a little yeah. wait. But I'm like – you know, man, let's go. And they're like, there aren't any ducks. And I turn and I look, and the sky is full of ducks. I'm like, there are ducks. And one of the camera guys <laughs> looks at the sky, and he's like, man, those aren't any birds. And it was literally hundreds of birds in the air. I don't see a duck. I'm out of here. And I'm like, oh, and then I just I lost it completely. And, yep, I said, you asked me, what do y'all want to do? I said, heck, I want to go kill them. <laughs> and so anyway, we walk out. Me and me and Jay Paul. It was four of us. And we're walking out, and the other two guys stop. And they said, "We're gonna go around the other side." I said, "Okay." So me and Jay Paul are breaking ice. We can see some ducks just falling in this buck brush. And uh, so I think we had four decoys, and we we go out there and we find us a hole that you know probably what Jay Paul a fifteen by fifteen. It wasn't a wasn't a very big hole, but it was enough. It was open water. And, and man, so we're, there were feathers everywhere. <laughs> we're throwing decoys out, and we back up in a little bush. All four of first, them. Not, it was, yeah, all four of them. It was uh, those are my kind of hunts. I'll pick up. I'll pick decoys up. So don't worry about it. Uh, but the first duck comes in as a green head, and I said, kill it. Jay Paul shot it. The next one comes in, I said, kill it. Or I, I shot it. I killed it. The next one comes in, and we're messing around. I told Jay Paul, I said, kill it. And he killed him. I said, what if that duck's banded? You know, we're taking turns shooting. And sure enough, he goes over there, and the duck's banded. And I'm thinking, <laughs> yep. that's, that's, that's my luck. <laughs> you know? Actually, you know, actually. You're not telling that exactly right now. The first one came in, and you shot it. The second one came in, and I shot it. And it was your turn to grin, and I yelled, shoot him, shoot him. And you weren't ready or something, and you told me. You surrendered yeah, that duck to me. You volunteered to let me shoot that duck. And that's I rolled exactly so dead. <laughs> yeah. And but, I said, you know, thank I mean, you. That's, that's what I enjoy, you know, is – you know, and it doesn't matter who it is. It's a, it's a friendship deal with me. It's you know, and Rocky. You know, I mean, the the groups that I've hunted repeatedly over the you know, your return customers for some of them as many as thirteen, fourteen years since I've been there. You know, and I just look forward. It's, it's become a friendship. We stay in touch now, and um, it's it's fun. You know, it's. Uh, I still see some new groups come in, and I question them. I'm like, you know, I, I, I probably don't want to go with these guys. Which that's <laughs> me being me being me. I guess I, I can I can read people pretty good. And, you know, you get some of them in there, and it's you can just tell that they're not going to be any fun. And if I got to get up and go with them in the morning, I'm going to go. That's what I'm going to do. We're going to go make the best of it. But I, I will say this. Mean. I will say this. Justin has. I'm going to brag on you a little bit, but I think the thing that sets Mossy Island Outfitters apart is is Justin being here and kind of managing the guest. And, you know, it, it goes back to what we're taught from years and years ago. Life is about relationships. And uh, I will say this about Justin. He is really good at building those relationships with those clients because I've seen people come back from a hunt with him, you know, that have just the biggest smile on their face when they kill four if they kill 50. Doesn't matter. Well, because we're hunting, you know, that, and that's what I've always, I've always enjoyed is, you know, get, give me, give me a guy that'll go sit there till lunch or one or two because it doesn't take but two or three volleys. You know, and there's a lot of people, and I was one of those people growing up hunting. You know, hell, if I didn't have a limit of ducks at seven thirty, eight o'clock, I was going home. And then it transitioned at some point in my life where, you know, maybe I want to sleep till eight and go at nine. And I did that a few times, 
and I've done it at the lodge when I didn't have a group. Hey, I'll just get up by myself, let everybody get out of here, and I'll go at eight o'clock, and you know, go go kill me six ducks and and come back, and and when I get back to one o'clock. But it's you know, it's it's fun is is what you make it. The people that come in with the mindset of we're gonna do one thing and one thing only, we're going we're gonna go shoot we're gonna kill ducks. We're going to shoot ducks. You know, and those are people that you know, they they want they want you to wait on them hand and foot and I don't mind doing that. Until, you know, you go have a bad hunt and you don't kill any birds and then it's you're the worst guy ever. Well yeah, you can't I, you can't consistently kill ducks you know, I have hunted with you a lot, and I enjoy hunting with you tremendously. But I've learned that, you know, when you say, hey, we can be there at daylight, but it isn't going to matter. I've been watching this spot. You probably are better at, at knowing the time that you're going to kill birds. I can remember hunting in the break there uh, with Steve, and uh, everybody wanted to leave. And you're like, you know what? Let them go take a walk about whatever head back and get lunch, I'm telling you, the noon hour is when it's going to be. And sure enough, at 11.30 that morning, we had 3,000 mallards fall in the hole. And, and anybody listening I know is going to think that I am exaggerating, but if you saw that episode, most of the birds fell where it was really tight. It was late season, and they came in behind the blind, behind us, um, and the camera guy was actually filming around the blind, but you could have literally walked back to the bank across the top of the duck's head to say loud. There were so many birds, and you knew it. You, you well, called we sat it. there and watched. That, and that's another thing I enjoy, and I've had it happen with you and, and one or two other groups that I can remember, and it's one of those moments where you just, you're kind of in awe. You know, we sat there and watched those ducks for I can't remember. I remember right after it happened. It was like 18 minutes when you, from the time you turned the GoPro on, on the blind, just and there wasn't a shot fired. You know, everybody was just like, "Oh my god!" We were like those two Florida boys. I mean, it was just too beautiful, man. We were. What are we, we going to do? We yeah, I mean, it was awesome. And, I, and and you've seen it a thousand times, you know. And, and I have too, but it, you know, every time I see it. I can remember laying on a on a uh, bank, uh, rocky that old hole I had in at uh, Louise, uh, in a bean field. It was what I always called a pintail hole. Anybody that came in the lodge wanted to kill, kill a pintail. Come on, I can go. You know, we kill him in the morning. It wasn't a big deal. And I can remember we had our our Alabama group in there, who were a bunch of good group of guys, and uh, we laid there one morning. And I actually didn't know it till later, but the game board. 400 yards off watching us and for 45 minutes it was i don't know four to five hundred pintails and that many more mallards just circling they, the, the water was real still not a lot of movement so they just you know we'd have one or two come in and light and they'd get up but couldn't get them all to commit but could have shot a hundred different times and then all of them left and there never was a shot fired and we all just and we've had that happen too you know and it's like Wow, but you know how awesome was that? And then you get back to the lodge at the end of the day, and you got six ducks. You know, you're going damn. Maybe we should have shot, but you know, it's not always about the kill. I've, I've always said that guys that that I go to Missouri and Illinois, you know, deer hunting with every year, we go up there and hunt public land. And I told them from day one, you know, I, I probably got better deer hunting at home, but I'm not going up there. It's not about the kill. You know, if we go up there and kill a giant, awesome. If we go up there and kill a 120 inch deer, awesome. You know, it, but that's, I go to see something different, and it's something that I love to do. You know, it's 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 not about the kill, it's about the hunt. In my eyes, I've always said that, and, you know, it's just something that uh, hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm I'm passing it on to my daughter. She's She's got me, she's named every deer on the place that I live on, you know, I went yesterday afternoon, she's like, you know, don't kill Newt or don't kill Big Boy. I was like, okay, baby. <laughs> my, my, my hunting's over. That, you know, it's, all, it's, it's all up to you now. Um, and that's one you know, thing that that is uh, that's cool and that, that I did want to talk about before we uh, before we wrap this thing up today was how old is your daughter now? She's eight. 
she started hunting last year when she was seven. That's okay. That's what that's what I was going to ask is how 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 much fun has been to see that transition or or to be a part of that rather as far you know, as uh, it, you know I, telling I her about it and then her actually going. You know, she started. She made her first hunt with me when she was four. So that was four years ago. We I set up some ground blinds and she went bow hunting with me and you know. There again, it wasn't about the kill; it was about the hunt. And you know, you're sitting in a ground blind, and a deer walks by 15 yards. You know, and you you're just trying to keep her quiet enough to, you know, she's excited and she wants to she wants to say something, but you can't, you can't let her. And you know, and then you get done with the hunt, and she's like, oh, you know, go back, Mama, you're not gonna believe this. You know, we had a deer walk 10 feet from us. You know, and and then it, it, it transitioned to every year, you know, both season would come around when she was five and when she was six. You know, Daddy, can I go? Daddy, can I go? And, you know, and I'm sitting there telling her, you know, you're not you're not strong enough to to really pull a bow back. And, you know, and I'm this would probably open up a can of worms. But, you know, now now crossbows are, are legal and I'm not going to let her. That's not the path that I want. I don't want my daughter to have the, the easy road, so to speak. Not. I don't want her to have the hard road, but she's going to be raised the way my father raised me. And when she's strong enough to pull a bow back, she can go bow hunt. Until then, she's going to wait till gun season. You know, you're seeing people younger and younger. There's nothing wrong with get your kids outdoors. That's what it's all about. You know, I enjoy more going with her. She she wanted she broke my video camera out right before bow season opened this year, and she goes, "Daddy, I'm going to start practicing. I want to go film." And now that's our big thing. So so I set up some, some two-man ladder stands. And, and now, you know, every Sunday afternoon just about, we go sit in a stand together. Or she she rides horses all throughout the week when she gets out of school, So, which which is her, her first love. But, you know, it, now it's like I can't hardly leave the house. Any time she's home, I can't hardly leave the house without her, you know, saying, where are we going? What stand? And, and, and she's, she's smart. You know, she's like, well, what's the wind doing? I'm like, you're not, you're eight years old. You're not supposed to be asking that question. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. But it, but it's 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 cool getting to watch it. And and so last year I went out and I I bought a uh, youth mile seven millimeter OA and she shot it one time. And she hated it. She was like, I, I, I don't I don't I don't I can't. It kicks too much. So I bought some reduced recoil. Didn't like. It. So I said okay. So I went and bought her a a AR-15 and a 300 blackout, and it has zero recoil. And last year she killed. Uh, she started at Christmas. That's what I got her for a Christmas present. She killed three bucks and five does last year in a month, basically. <laughs> um, wow! And, and, and killed them out. Killed them out to 180 yards. Um, I mean, she's she is. I started her when I got her a 22 <laughs> when she was four, and and let her start shooting, and. And that's you know we'd carry that twenty two deer hunting during during gun season and you know we'd see armadillo or something you know running around you know shoot it and she I don't think she ever hit one it was it was they were all thirty forty fifty yards but she would she sure shoot at them and then when I when I bought her that AR and she started shooting it and you know she was like can we go shoot my gun that's that's all once she got her first rifle can, when can we go shoot that's what she wants to do. And to be perfectly honest, I feel like she can shoot better than I can, um, which sometimes isn't saying a whole lot. But is, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you said it, not me. <laughs> well, I was just cutting you off, Jay Paul. I knew it was coming. Uh, but you know, she the first deer she shot at last year, it was you know about 150 yards. It was an eight point came out. And he's working a scrape, and 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 this was her daddy's fault. It was it was in the load, and I, and I didn't know the 300 blackout load at the time, so. The bullets I've got when I got the gun, she shot the deer. I, I was running the camera. I know she hit the deer. I watched him run 100 yards through the woods, and we got down and never found a drop of blood. Never. I ended up finding the deer in um, late February. We were squirrel hunting and found him. But I knew the deer was hit. And so, you know, I said, well, maybe maybe he wouldn't. I mean, maybe the video camera was lying. <laughs> so we went back up to the barn. I set her target up at 100 yards, put her on the bench, and she missed the bullseye about, I'm going to say, a quarter of an inch low and to the right. I said, okay, it's not you and it's not the gun. And then we went back at that afternoon, she killed a buck. 
and so um I switch loads and and now you know she she's straight up the leg we have our routine and and we sat down actually um yesterday afternoon I was clearing some stuff off my video camera and she wanted to watch all her hunts from last year you know and and every hunt you could hear our routine me and her talking of you know straight up the leg straight up you know and she'd repeat I'm straight up the leg you know steady steady you know safety off safety off shoot when ready and and the gun goes off and and it's just you know do you realize do you realize what a monster you're creating for some young man down the way? I mean, you know, I, and I want you to tell us the next time we've got you on here that about that first year after you got the load right and what she told you. But how many eight-year-old little girls have their own AR-15 and and have killed eight deer with it already? I mean, that is well, and that's and it's what's awesome. I mean, she that's what she said. She said after she killed her second or third one, she goes. Daddy, me and this gun are a good team. <laughs> y'all, what do you say? Y'all, y'all, are, y'all are awesome. You know, and and that, and that's her gun. And, you know, it, yes, it's, you know, my wife looked at it. She's like, I mean, does she really need that? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I kind of wanted one, too. But, <laughs> you know, I was like, it's her gun. And, and so. Yeah, I'm sure that the first thing your wife said when you brought that AR home was, yeah, right. You bought it for her. Sure, you did. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, and that it's it's set up for her, and and so, you know, it's it's fun. It's fun getting to watch it. The transition. I mean, I can remember going and sitting with my dad when I was four years old, watching him shoot deer with a bow, and that's and he created a monster. I mean, that, you know, that that's my my passion is the outdoors, no matter. What it is, you know, anything. Squirrel hunt, rabbit hunt, turkey hunt, deer hunt, you know, crappie fish, tuna fish, it it doesn't matter. If I can get outside and do it, and that's, you know, that's the way I want my kids to be. There's so many things that, Mm -hmm. uh, that, that get kids in trouble today because, you know, and and it's, it's mainly the parents' fault, to be perfectly honest. It's just something that, and I got a, you know, I got a six-week-old at home, another little girl right now. So we just had another you know one you're doing? going all, all back through it. You know what, what? you're doing? You're making what? future guides. I, I, the, the two top female guides from the state of Mississippi, 15 years from now, are going to be at Mossy Island Outfitters. Thanks to you and the way you're bringing those little girls up in the outdoors and and, and in hunting. Listen, um, we got to wrap it up. But before we go here, see if you couldn't give us maybe a little bit of video for DuckSouth.com of the two of you guys, if you hadn't already deleted it all off of that camera. And I know this is the first week that you've been with us, Justin, so we kind of got a, a tradition here. Um, by the way, this podcast, we've been going on a little bit long. The Omex podcast, as always, is brought to you by Hardcore Brands and Hardcore Decoys makers of some of the most innovative and durable products out there. And we're about to roll out the new decoys for 2017. Can't wait uh, for everyone to see them. Justin, I'm going to make sure you get your hands on some. Um, these guys know it's not easy being hardcore, and they make their products with that in mind. But as we close out here, Justin, uh, we give everybody a chance to, to kind of wrap it up. we got duck season just around the corner with their closing thoughts. Um, Rocky, you hadn't said anything in a while, so chip in here, close it out for us with your thoughts. Um, two things. One, I'm happy to report that with this recent cold front that just came in, there, there, there are ducks showing up. Uh, I hadn't been seeing the geese that some people have been seeing, but the ducks are here. And, um, the second, second final thing is if, if there's something that, everybody can learn from Justin Maloof is, you know, it's not about a number to Justin. It's about relationships. And I think that that's all how all of us should focus in this life. You know, friendships, relationships with others, that's that's what we're put here for. And I, I want to thank Justin for seeing that in him. Because I have, I would say, 60% of the 80% of my return client base, they come just to hunt with Justin. So I appreciate it, bud. Yeah, man. I've, I've, I've enjoyed doing it. Um, there again, it's, 
me and you, we've, we've had our disagreements on, hey, go here, we can kill them, or, you know, it, it's it, it's fun getting out, and those six and eight and ten and fifteen minute hunts that, you know, we all think we love so much, to, hey, we killed, you know, we were done at seven o'clock this morning, that's fun, um, but it's not, it's, it's not what I enjoy. When I was 15, yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, but what are you going to do the rest of the day? Get out and enjoy it. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it'll, it'll make your hunts more fun in my opinion. I, you know, it, it's, that, that's what I enjoy doing, I guess. Um, it's, it's not, it's not about the numbers anymore to me as much as it is the, the friendship and, and enjoying the outdoors and just, you know, getting, getting to, getting to see the things you, you see. Well, Dustin, well, I, I want to, uh, I'm going to squeeze my final thought in and, uh, and really and truly give you a big, big thanks for being on here, but also for, for, uh, not being a, uh, a quiet spoken father when it comes to getting your kids in outdoors, but being very outspoken, uh, that means a lot. And I, I really wish there was a lot more people like that. Uh, but, but I really appreciate you doing that and making sure your kids get every opportunity, uh, possible to to get in the outdoors and find what they like uh what they like to do well you're seeing less and less of it these days which is scary so you know i, I encourage everybody to to get their kids outdoor and make it fun you know that's 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 how you do it start, start small start dove season start squirrel hunting this you know she does all that it's, it's it's one of my favorite things to do is as long as she's smiling it doesn't matter doesn't matter what you kill or, or how many, it's it's make it fun. Amen. Amen. Well, brother, man, it's been our pleasure to have you, Josh. Again, got you back last week. Glad you're back with us. Rocky, um fixing to be coming down and seeing you here in the next week or so and I'll be sure Justin let you know when I'm coming down also because I can't wait to get down there and, and hunt with you. Again, and I hope that everybody out there has really enjoyed it. And I want to thank you for being our guest on this edition of the On the X podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. <laughs> <laughs>